0: Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Oh, Arizona. Every time, every time we get swept that's it for the season. Two nothing to Arizona. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, presented by Inside the Rink, where it's never too late for the Leafs. I'm your host Roscoe, joined tonight by Suddy and Chris from the Late Arrivals Podcast. Thanks for joining yeah. us tonight, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So um, I know your your podcast is not a a um, Coyotes podcast, but uh, you are from Arizona.
1: Yes, I currently live in Arizona. I've been I've been here since 2015. So. My girlfriend's a big Coyotes fan, so I kind of adopted them as kind of like a, a second, third team because I'm originally from Buffalo. So the Sabers kind of oh. have the the second place there, but it's it's kind of a tough okay. so
0: <laughs> okay, I got you. So as we've been teasing a bit over the last couple of weeks, uh, we set this up a while ago. Chris is going to be here to uh, kind of defend why <laughs> hockey deserves to stay in the desert, and I mean there was a lot tonight about the broadcast, and I think that's something aside, and we'll get to that later, but. Uh, Zaddy, how are you feeling tonight? You've had some some things go back and forth the last few days,
2: eh? Uh, yeah, I've been having a little bit of a betting roller coaster with the World Juniors, but tonight was a <laughs> uh, a big big plus. Took me out of the red. Um, aside from the rough third period for the Leafs game, it's been pretty good.
0: Gotta boy, good to uh, get to have everybody back and starting to get back into the swing of things. This is my first one back in the studio. I'm gonna add some more of the Leaf stuff I got to my uh, my setup here and finish building the new office. Things are looking up and uh, again except for the game. So where to start with this where to start there's there were some good things. I mean look Connor Timmins who came over from uh, from Arizona I believe didn't mm-hmm. he yeah um, it has been working out well for us. Uh, I mean it was similar to to last year where we picked up Ilya Labushkin off of them too. It, you know they've been able to find these these cheap pieces uh, to fill out the defensive side so liking what I'm seeing from Timbits. Yarncroak looks good on that second line. Kerfoot's playing well finally. So there's some there's some things to take away here that weren't too bad. But what do you, what did you guys think of this one?
1: Oh man. Well, it was very one sided. I'll say <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> it was it was all Leafs. This game was very confusing to me with how, how the Coyotes I just feel like the Leafs controlled a lot of play and then the Coyotes would just come down and score. It was it was very weird. I thought vimelka played a pretty good game for what he was for what was being thrown at him. Um, kept the team in the game, and offense was able to help him out finally. But just just a weird game, in my opinion. Very weird. So, how do you, how do you feel about this?
2: Yeah, I completely agree with what Chris just said. It was like a weird game, especially in the first period. The Coyotes were chasing the Leafs all over the rink, um, especially in their end of the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, some weird penalties. Some well, you're speaking of Timmons earlier, he took a pretty bad penalty that cost them two. Um, so power play definitely had a huge effect on this game. It's one that you think the Leafs should have won. I think if they play this ten times, they probably win this eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight was Arizona's night. It's
0: funny, it's the eight out of ten, but those two are the ones they lost this year.
2: And it seems to happen every year with Coyotes.
1: Yeah. Actually there's a there's a tweet here from Elliot Friedman saying that the uh, the coyotes Leafs in the 2022 calendar year, um, the Leafs have won all five games. Oh, yeah. oh no, four. It's four. Yeah, January 10th, they uh, Coyotes won two one. March 12th, five four Coyotes. October 17th, four two Coyotes, and then tonight six three. Oh my god! So I don't know wh- why what it is with the the Coyotes <laughs> playing the Leafs, but man, I feel like they'd be a much better team if they were in the Atlantic Division, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank God they're in the West. Oh, it, it was insane. Like, two shots in the
0: first period. I'm staring at Matt Murray on my fantasy team, like, um, can we can we just at least let them get a couple bad shots <laughs> off of them? I'm not taking a three goals against and 500 on this game. Yeah. At that point, you know, maybe I should have. But Justin Hall in
2: on that first one, too.
0: Oh, my God. So, game opens, and right away. Justin Hall kind of goes for a little spinorama and takes Geo down in the process. And <laughs> look at this; it's one nothing right off the bat. Like it was
1: a nice goal from Bugstad.
0: It, it really was, was. Yeah. but there should have been at least one defenseman there. But they were yeah. both on the ice, <laughs> so uh, just of course it's the, the most insane start to what was going to be the silliest game of the season. Like I hate this. Melka always. I mean, I, I give him credit for playing on such a. A mediocre team. He is one of the best goalies in the league by far. If he was anywhere else, it, they'd be honestly. He should be on a contending team, but <laughs>
1: he's so uh, much fun to watch.
2: Yeah, he's the only goaltender I think to beat Tampa, Toronto, and Carolina this year.
1: Oh yeah. boy,
0: uh, I I just. <laughs> This game, man. So, okay, good things. We got to talk about the good things. So, like I said, Timmons was good. He had that shot. um Holmberg tips it in, makes it one-one, and then uh, the other one where Kali uh, Yarncroak manages to uh, fire that shot through. So two-one leaves take the lead. Like I said, they're out shooting them. Everything looks good except for you know the the odd jump where it seems like Arizona is able to turn things around. Ugh, Ghost and and Chikrin look good, but other mm-hmm. than that, it was like a one-line
1: team. Yeah. It's kind of how they are all season. They just got one line that they roll out and then the rest is this kind of snooze fest until they're until they get a breather and they're back out there. Oh, man. So uh, what do you think
0: fell apart here in the second? Like what did they get complacent? Like it was too easy of a first and they just kind of thought they could coast their way through this because the second period was boring, man.
2: Yeah, it seemed like Toronto's top players never really got anything going. Like Matthews had a really quiet night. Uh, Marner wasn't really producing too much at all. Nylander had a little flash here and there, but uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that really sank them tonight. Just no real offense from their main guys.
0: No, I mean, look, Kerfoot was playing on the uh, the bottom six tonight and put that one in. That goal was beautiful. Like he worked his way from uh, it was he brought it in from the blue line. Like I'm. I was kind of back and forth on Twitter. I caught most of it though. But he he starts to play out, manages to work it all the way around and uh, get the shot off, and gets his own rebound and everything. Like it was, it was a fantastic goal. He worked his ass off for it.
2: Yeah, he did. He's really starting to come around the last like ten games or so. So that's kind of nice to see, especially after the really, really rough start he had here.
1: Mm-hmm. I was really hoping to see more Matthews tonight, but right. I was upset I couldn't get to the game. Every everyone that I saw that that, that was there, you know, Vince Vaughn was there, uh, Cujo, C- Curtis Cujo. Joseph was there. Like what? Oh, been... Yeah, I saw a random tweet that someone just like got a picture with him. It's like, all right, I missed that too. Apparently, Michael Phelps was there. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: How did so many people get tickets for a seat uh, like forty four hundred seat arena? They
1: were probably they were probably uh, invited right away. Didn't even oh, need yeah. anything. <laughs>
0: we <We're> get <getting laughs> oh, some man.
2: faces here.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I'm just looking at the time. Man, everybody kind of played the same time on ice today. It was pretty spread out. Um, oh, Dryden Hunt. We can talk about him. Eight minutes on the night, but a pretty loud eight minutes. Getting in a fight there after uh, kind of... He should have been called for boarding on that. But, you know, gets away with it. And then uh, what's his name? Um, McBain. 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 Yeah. yeah, McBain, who, I mean, off of that fight, turned, uh, turned the third period into his bitch. <laughs> Like, honestly, like I didn't I've only really seen Jack McBain from like playing a couple years into the future in, you know, simming fantasy things and like playing NHL and stuff. Like once you get to twenty five, it's like, oh, Jack McBain, yeah, he's like one of the prospects I'm gonna rebuild yeah. on. But like <laughs> I've I've not watched a lot of coyotes hockey to be fair, but man, this
1: guy just dominated the third period. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, he's a, he's a big body, man. And he oh, yeah. at least he knows how to use it, which is nice. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and going back to the Hunt fight too, like good for him for answering the bell because Big Bane pretty much dusted him on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like I said, he kinda of had it coming. That should have been a boarding call on uh, on Hunt, but eh, it was kind of a dangerous hit. Uh, so the reason I'm kind of rushing through the game is the biggest loudest complaint on Twitter tonight was um the broadcast and lighting. Uh I don't know if you had this experience, Chris, but for us on Sportsnet it was like kind of green tinted and then it was blue and then it went back to green and then they put a pink filter on. Like they hmm. couldn't quite figure out how to light this and how to, how to broadcast it, the, the contrast and everything like,
1: yeah, I, I saw a lot of going on. Yeah. I saw a lot of complaints about that and I was trying to figure out what was going on and if it was on both like broadcast, cause I was watching and I didn't notice any of that. And I've watched a decent amount of uh, Coyotes games on, on Valley sports this year. And it's the only thing is, is that it's really bright. Just because, you know, how close the lights are to the ice and everything like it's just it it reminds me of watching like an avalanche game. Have you ever seen like you watch an abs game and how bright the lighting is there? It kind of makes everything the colors pop even more. And it's kind of what it reminds me of. But I didn't get the like blue tint, pink tint, nothing like that. There is there are like two there are two like weird glares on the ice like uh, at at both blue lines. But Mm -hmm. that's about it.
2: I found it was weird too like uh, on the on the feed that we were watching like different cameras had different color contrasts as well. Yeah. So that was kind of hard like it would punch in and it would kind of look all right and then it would go back to their overhead look and it would be yeah it's extremely white um saturated really weird looking yeah. kind of threw yeah. it off a bit.
0: And the white balance was so off that like the leaves wearing the white jerseys the boards with the white and kind of the off white Ads on them and then the ice, it was really hard to watch at the beginning. Like there was not much difference between all the whites. Like I know it sounds crazy because they're all white things, but there is a different tone to all of them. Yeah. But somehow right. it just got washed to the same color and it was like, where is the puck right now? Plus, I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen four shadows around every player on the ice. Like that's oh, crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah, with the lights like directly overhead. It's it's a, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's mm-hmm. kind of
2: like watching an OHL game or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is something I'm tr- I'm not trying to direct any of this at the franchise themselves because like all of those things aside, we're here. We're in mm-hmm. ASU. This is what we're doing. Yeah. I am just more surprised that Batman and Daly don't have a standard for the broadcast that they want to uphold across the league here. Like if things are going to be on TV, they have to be a certain way. Like they could have just with the league's money gone in and say, here's... Cameras, here's the lights, it has to be done this way because mm-hmm. that's the league standard. I don't care how many people are in this arena, if there's four thousand or ten thousand or eighteen thousand, it's being broadcast to the same amount of people. Yeah. Like it, it needs to be of a higher standard. And that's kind of the thing that I was noticing most tonight is like this is this is not a professional NHL broadcast.
1: Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of weird because you know that they have a, such a crazy standard for ice, like the ice condition. Yeah. So why not have the same type of I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what they do with the the TV side of things and all that. But, yeah, you, you'd think it'd be a little bit more on par with every, every other team. Um, maybe it is the best they could do with with the venue that they're in. And they knew that it would only be temporary. It's not like a permanent situation, you know. So maybe they didn't want to put the money into something that's temporary. I don't know.
0: I mean, three years is a pretty long-term <laughs> yeah, thing. Like it's, it's not like it's you know one season like that. Yeah. I could, I, but my point is, when we set up these one-off uh, outdoor games, they seem to have better-looking setups than this. So, mm. like, why can they set up in the middle of a field with a better <laughs> setup than they can inside this this university stadium? It yeah. feels
2: like that's something they probably should have figured out before the season even started. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, like we're almost in January now. The fact that they haven't really figured it out by now is kind of a little perplexing. And again, it's nothing to do with the Arizona organization. I don't think it's more like Johnny said on a NHL mm-hmm. level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was... Because
0: no, sorry. I was just gonna no, say know. like, like I said, I'm, I'm trying not to direct it at the franchise themselves because they don't really have the control over this. I think it, it needs to be leaked down. Like they've, kind of mishandled broadcast in a lot of ways we've talked to to, you know ends about it but honestly like if if they just had a proper broadcast all of this goes aside nobody would be paying attention to the fact that there's four thousand people there because Mm -hmm. the the arena itself sounded great like you could hear all of the people in there and like we were saying there were stars there tonight like all the leaf fans all the coyotes fans you could hear every single one of them and that's great Mm -hmm. that's the fun part about being small, but like the broadcast itself, the quality has to be better than that.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a great arena to go to. I went, I went the first time a couple of weeks ago when the Sabres were in town and it's, it's an absolute blast in there. Um, Just how loud it is at all times. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a college town. So, you know, it's literally right off of a, of a main college street where all the bars are and stuff. So it's, they get a lot of that in there, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But um, besides like the lighting and the camera angles and stuff, how, did, how do you guys like the arena or not like?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's something like you don't experience in 31 other NHL arenas. So it's yeah. kind of like a really cool experience. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's a lot more intimate. There's only less than 5,000 people there. It's right on the college Strip, as you said. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really fun. Like you could hear everything. It's a whole different atmosphere just if it looked a little better, I think it would bring the audience a little more captivated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would just, like I said, it would distract less from an actually decent atmosphere there. Like, I would love to go to a game there. Um, And to go to the broadcast standard thing again for one sec, there's another team, like San Jose Sharks is one that I noticed, the broadcast, like the I don't know if it's the angle the camera's at or the lighting or something there, but that's one that I find is really off too compared to a lot of other Sharks is
1: weird yeah that one is weird
0: yeah so i just i feel like they need to just raise their standards overall um so we should just uh wrap (laughs) wrap the game up because the leaves blew this yeah what what do we how do we fix this, man? Like, is there <laughs> anything to even say? Is it just we can't beat Arizona? Like, is there even am it, I beating a dead horse here? Is it honestly point?
1: just could be that simple where you just cannot beat this team. Uh, I feel like every team kind of has a certain team in the league that they just have trouble with. Um I think of like the the Sabres. For some reason, they always had trouble with the Thrashers. Doesn't matter how good the Sabres were that year. Whatever it was, they just they they were horrible against the Thrashers. And then when they moved to Win, moved back or moved to Winnipeg, Sabers had that same problem with the Jets, um, Ducks. Right now, it's with like the Knights. You know, it's there's always just that one team that you just for some reason it does not matter how how well things are going for you, you just you don't show up for those ones. <laughs> that seems like what's going on here with the Leafs and Coyotes. The Coyotes just love to beat you guys. Yeah. And I feel like
0: the Leafs just tend to take nights off against bad teams. Like that's kind of been the yeah. story of the
1: season. Those the, yeah. the games
0: they dropped at the beginning of the year and, you know, a couple of the other ones, but it seems to be always be the Coyotes. And I don't, there's a, <laughs> it's so frustrating because like we had Morgan Riley back and I mean, I know some people will say his play was, you know, not great. We shielded him a bit, putting him on the, uh, the second pair mm-hmm. uh tonight, but man, I, with all the guys that were hurt, now that they're getting guys back and trying to put them back in, it's almost harder to watch because it's like we have to play the guys that are trying to find their legs again instead of the guys that got used to playing the minutes. It's like oh, step back to take a couple steps <laughs> forward. It's yeah. just, of course, we got to do it against the Coyotes. Like, fine. You know what? L- drop the points against the team that it doesn't matter for in your standings. Fine. There
1: you go. It's better than someone that you're, you know, it's not the towards the end of the year and you're fighting for a spot with one of these teams
0: yeah i mean the uh, the standings have been pretty locked right now i don't know if you've followed the where the leafs are but we were breaking down um going through the old formats of the playoffs and the new oh, one and yeah. it, it doesn't matter what we do we're probably going to play tampa in the first round
1: i hate that <laughs> like i just i don't want that again <laughs> it's so annoying it's boring and you guys look exactly the same
0: Right, it's it's the same team.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating. Same exact colors, jerseys look the same. It's just ridiculous. It's boring to watch.
0: (laughs) You can never tell how many fans are in the crowd for your team. It's (laughs) annoying. Uh,
1: I do watch. I do watch a decent amount of Leafs games. Um, I I won't lie, I do enjoy watching your team, and I think it's easier when you're not a fan.
2: oh god yeah right it
1: just makes things a little entertaining i would love yeah. to laugh at the debacles instead of uh,
2: being <laughs> frustrated and having
0: to talk about it on a podcast for now uh so so uh, andrew just kind of we were wrapping up the game there um i mean riley was back in i was mentioning and hall was on the first line there, kind of shielding him on the second always finding his footing again do you think it's really just these guys coming back from injury that we, like, we've like? we got to play them? Obviously, we have to play Riley. He's got to get back in there. But just the fact that we're kind of putting all these guys that are hurt back in to find their feet, that's why it just fell apart? Like,
2: I mean, I think that's a big part of it because when those guys were out, the D obviously really oversimplified their game. There was more of a north-south type of play. They're just getting pucks in the net. It's kind of what they did on the first goal there. So bringing back Riley and all those guys, I think they're trying to maybe do a little bit too much, and it's throwing off the rest of the team. I think with a couple more practices and getting out of the holiday season, that's something they'll work on and hopefully improve on.
0: Yeah, and I mean Riley was pretty good on the power play. Like the um, the first uh, the power play uh, unit where they had the five forwards, they were, you know, not really. Able to connect, like they got a couple shots going, and they got the puck moving around. But it's it's not the same as having you know defensemen able to actually hold the line while the forwards can move around. Like I don't know, it just plays different. The five forwards, I don't know if I'm sold on it yet because PP two yeah. comes out, and you've got two defensemen there. They had Timmins and Riley, and they scored, and they scored another one.
2: Yeah, that's one thing. And like even ice time for defensemen, like Geo's playing four four and a half minutes less a game now too. So that's a big shift for everyone too. Um, I think it's something that's going to sort itself out. I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? We actually yeah. have depth on defense now, opposed to, you know, trying to find someone at last minute, like we usually do every season.
0: Yeah, it's just that, that transition between, you know, the guys that f- finally figured out how to stay in place of all the hurt guys to now this. Uh, so, got to talk about Chikrin real quick, though. So, he's now 17 games back, and what's that? 17 points?
1: I want to say, I believe it is or
0: 17 and 18 or something. It's some, um, yeah. It's something like so, that. So, I mean, everybody was worried about with all the injuries he's had lately in the last couple of seasons, he hasn't played much. He's been on a bad team. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we don't know what to expect from him. Everybody was worried, you know, is, is too first and a prospect too much, but I mean, the guy looked good tonight. Him and Ghost were uh, the only, the only ones that I really noticed all night <laughs> until uh, the third when things blew up. Yeah. So uh, the guy looks good. Like they talked about in the uh, the intermission, uh, what was it? L.A. Kings was what Fridge said, and uh, Anthony Stewart saying Edmonton. Edmonton. I don't think there's any way in hell Edmonton can fit that on their roster. Uh, he better money-wise. not go to L.A. though.
2: <laughs> not That's to mention bad. Edmonton doesn't really need a that type of defenseman right now. I think they need more of someone who can protect the front of the net.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's talking about getting help for Darnell Nurse, like, I mean, that's not really what Chikrin is, they already yeah. have Tyson Berry, and I think they're going to make the same that would be the same mistake that Leafs did in bringing Barry, in when you have Riley, so
2: He's an interesting player, though, because I think he's going to have a huge price tag, but he's only cracked 60 games twice in his career That's crazy. 63, 68 and after that, I think his top is like 56 games, so he obviously has a history of injuries so it's going to be interesting to see what teams are actually willing to dish out for him
1: yeah, they they're definitely going to get a lot for him, and I don't think they're going to get rid of him until they get the they're you know the package they want. And I really feel like it's going to be a, a hefty price.
2: As they should too, because he's like a great yeah. player.
1: He really is, and it's it's too bad that it's just not working here with him because he's he's a big part of this team, as you can clearly see tonight. He's when he's out there, you know it, and you could just the the, the night and day difference between this team without him and with him is just. Absolutely. Crazy. i think
2: if he played with another top tier defenseman too like he would take his game <clears throat> to a whole nother level as well yeah instead of like just carrying the back end like he always does
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um so theoretically if they were to get two first round picks in a prospect do you know what kind of draft picks the coyotes would be looking at over the next three years they no, would I actually have, have not yet they would have they have five, a lot already. <laughs> they would have five first rounders if they get two for him. Yeah, because right? they, ha- they already have their three for the next three years. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight second rounders. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven third rounders. Four Jesus. fourth rounders. And that's just in the next three years. Like that's they are so crazy stacked. And yeah, is this team going to be really good in like If they're smart, I hope, (laughs) I hope they are. I don't want to just watch them keep just, all right, we're going to keep being able to spend the bottom. We're just going to keep selling these guys off. And every year it's going to be, oh, who's going to buy from the Coyotes this time? Like, are they actually going to go for it? And I guess this is a good transition into... Why is this team here? Like, are they are they going to build towards something competitive or is it just going to be a farm for everybody else forever?
1: Well, you'd hope so. And I hope the timing is perfect here where they can start building this team up, starting with Clayton Keller and Dylan Gunther and all that and start building to where they get their new arena. And maybe they're a playoff team by then. You know, three, four years down the line. You with know. where those
0: picks are and with mm-hmm. the timing of the new arena and everything, it's looking like by the time that comes in, they'll be a, a pretty competitive team. Yeah, you know, with how things are going to trend with the other teams in their um, in the West, there, I think by that time, Nashville is kind of going to be in a reset mode.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Colorado will still probably be competitive. A lot of their young guys are coming up, but um, I mean, hopefully, San, LA and San Anaheim are going to be rebuilding. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's gonna be a lot of change going on uh in the Western Conference then in yeah. like five, six years, and I think it's gonna be uh, Coyotes' Coyote season. If Could they be. if they, yeah. you know, hold on to things instead of moving them all.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them really break through because they had a couple of years like when Briz was playing for them and Ekman Larson, they made the conference mm-hmm. finals, I think, yes. one or two years, or at least the second round, and then it kinda of fell off again. So if they can like maintain that type of success, yeah, it would yeah. be great to see.
1: Yeah, 2012 they made the Western Conference final against the Kings, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Cuz they they so beat though. the
1: Blackhawks that year and that was like that was a big deal. Yeah,
2: that was but, a um, huge deal.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean if they I, I'm I'm excited just for them to get this arena going it's not like 100% for sure, but it's definitely moving in that direction, which is nice to see and this is probably the closest they've been to getting an arena since I moved here. <laughs> Because like I said, I moved here in 2015 and they've probably they just had they've just had some bad luck with like ownership, you know, like it's I don't know what it is. I, I thought maybe the NHL would do better background on these people, but they come in and it's like they're just I don't know. I think they've gone through two or three since I've been here. That That's Can just I crazy imagine, to me. Like having no. the
2: arena out in Glendale couldn't have helped too much either. Right? No,
1: No, like- no, definitely not. Chris, do you know how much
0: I can relate to that? I moved to Ottawa in 2015, oh. and this is the closest we've been to getting a new arena since I
1: moved here. Hey man, I'm rooting for Ryan Reynolds to buy that team. That'd be so cool. Amen. Yeah, get a lot it's... of attention on them, and you know, if he wants to make an FX show like his soccer team that he's got for the Senators. Yeah, yeah. That'd be so if,
0: cool. If he pulls Rob McElhenney in to pull uh, to buy the fence too, like, yeah. oh my god, that would that would be perfect because. I mean, I don't know how you're probably familiar just with the jokes about the geography here, but like to actually get out there and back is insane. Like from it's, the core. It's yeah, stupid.
1: it's really weird because I've actually looked it up. Like I, 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 I looked up where the arena was in Ottawa, like compared to downtown. And it reminds me so much of the Coyotes. Like it's almost exactly the same where if you look at the area, but be- around the Senators Arena and you look at in Glendale, it's literally the same thing.
2: It, it's, it's the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like it's a thirty-minute so
2: commute with traffic yeah. and everything. There's not mm-hmm. one restaurant down there. There's not one bar. <laughs> like, there's absolutely nothing to do afterwards. Yeah. So when everyone's like just exiting the arena, it's massive gridlock. Mm-hmm. There's just no vibe to it. Like, it's terrible. Yeah.
1: And yeah, and it's know, in
0: between two exits, so it's basically just gridlock both ways. Like <laughs> oh, It's silly.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's why they want this arena in the for the Coyotes in the East Valley. It makes a lot of sense. It's a little more a uh, little more central for everybody and. You know, the larger population in the Phoenix uh, Valley is in in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, you know, Mesa, all that stuff. Somewhat Glendale, but they were so far west Glendale, you almost can call it a different city because like they were on the border of like Glendale way west Phoenix. And like, uh Surprise, maybe, or or Sun City, which is where all the retirement people live. <laughs> Great, but it was way out there, and you know I get it. People complained about you know if, if you're living in Scottsdale and you have to you know if you want to go to a weekday game, you really can't because if it's at it's a if it's a seven o'clock game and you work till six, not everybody can get off early. You know what I mean? You you might be able to here and there, but I mean if you actually want to go to a decent amount of games, I mean I used to um. I used to drive Lyft, actually, and I had, I was living in Glendale at the, at, no, I was living in Surprise, which is west, <laughs> further west of Glendale, Surprise. and um, <laughs> and uh, I was doing Lyft, and I was way out east in Mesa, so I was coming back, coming back home, it was probably like 4 p.m., I didn't get back home until like 6.30, 7 o'clock. That's just in the same valley. Like it's just to go from east to west. Like it's so bad the traffic, and like people don't like when other fan bases say, "Oh, you know, you know." They don't like the traffic excuse. You know what I mean? But it's absolutely real. You're you're gonna avoid going to games if you know that you get out of work at five, the game's at seven, and you're in Scottsdale, and you know rush hour. It's gonna take you almost two hours to get there. It's a real thing from
2: being like a one time fan to. A fan who's always coming back, right? Because you don't want to go through that shit every time just to go watch a game.
1: Yeah, and that's why I, you know, when they were in Glendale, the Saturday games always were pretty decent, but that's because it was Saturday. Traffic really is non-existent here on the weekends, and people were able to do it. But those those Monday nights, the Thursday nights, you know, that's a different story because people, you know, don't want to deal with that stuff. So, you know, if they can get this going, it would it would be great for them, and I hope it would kind of put them in the right direction. I know. You know, people have talked about that, hey, maybe this is them kind of going in the same direction as Vegas. You know, Vegas has their arena in a nice spot and and look how well they're doing. A lot of people didn't think that the NHL would work in Vegas and it's they one You know, they make a ton of money for the league. So um, that's why they need that's the next step, though, is what we were talking about with a competitive team, hopefully down the line, because when that building first opens, you're not going to have a hard time selling tickets, but it's year two, year three, year four. If this team isn't competitive, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, people aren't going to spend their money on that.
2: Yeah. That's where you really need management to get behind the team because like you guys have the population there. And if you have the team and the new building all at the same time, that can Mm -hmm. be a pretty exciting spot for hockey.
1: Yeah, really. And, and having a D1 college team here in ASU, I mean, it's, it's huge. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of college kids that want to come out here and play hockey and Uh, Scott Niedermeyer's son plays for ASU. Oh, Uh, I didn't know that. Shane Doan's kid. He's the captain of Of ASU. Of course he is. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, man. Like they're they're getting some really interesting names in hockey out here, and it's it's really building up a nice base. And I know a lot of people from, you know, if you're not, you know, if you don't live in Arizona, you're not from here, you know, these these warmer climate areas always get crapped on for not having hockey fans and stuff. And you know, you, you can say the Coyotes have a smaller fan base. That's fine. You know, I mean, a lot of Coyotes fans know that. It's not a, not a surprise to anybody. But there are actually a lot of hockey fans out here. Um, the only problem is it's it's like California where everyone moves here. There's a lot of transplants, you know. So a lot of people from Chicago here. There are a lot of Blackhawks fans. Um, like I said, I'm from Buffalo. My family, they're all Sabres fans. And they didn't change teams because they moved. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, I'm in still. Alabama. Yeah. And you're still a fan of your team that you grew up with or what? however you became a fan. So, I mean, I see I mean, the, they have their own high school hockey league here. You see a lot of youth hockey here. The Coyotes are really good at, at the youth hockey programs and like, it's all there. Like it, it's all here. They just need a team to get behind and an easy way to get to games. And I, I just, I feel like the Coyotes are finally on the right track here. And Like I said, if they can have a competitive team, you got to give these transplants a reason to want to root for your team now, their new home team, rather than their old.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like LA was the same thing, tons of transplants there. Same with Vegas. So, like you said, if you can actually get these people behind a team that they believe in, a nice barn they can always go to, and like build a culture around that, yeah, that'll be huge for them.
1: Yeah. So
0: I was just looking at uh, the contracts that they've got. I totally forgot that um, Andrew Ladd and Brian Little are both. Sitting oh, yeah. Technically, <laughs> as uh, Arizona Coyotes on IR. Yep. So in the next year, they lose the Andrew Ladd five and a half million. And uh, the year after they lose the almost five and a half million of Brian Little. Now, those are IR. So it's not it's annoying, but not always on the cap for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the offseason, it's a pain, though. And then uh, OEL, they have retained just under a million until 2027. So that's not the worst. Everybody else is kind of running out, and you've locked down Lawson Krause and Clayton Keller. So if yeah. they don't screw this up, <laughs> like this looks really good on paper. It really like, does. Like if you, it's at the point where if you got an HL23 and you're like, I'm going to go try to rebuild the Arizona Coyotes, you look at it and go, I mean, it's kind of already done.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, they got some decent building. Let but it play right? out.
1: Yeah,
2: especially if they can land like a good draft pick like this year and the next year too. Like that's gonna help them so much.
1: Yeah, and they're in a weird spot this year. Like they're not terrible, but they're not great. So it might put them in a spot where they're not gonna get. A... I mean, the draft is pretty deep, so they have a decent shot anyway. But they're just in a weird spot right now. <laughs>
0: And I mean, I'm not familiar with who they've, uh, who they've drafted versus like, you know, shipped out, but how has their history the last little bit been with drafting? Like, do they have a pretty Ooh. good
1: scouting, uh, um, roster? Sure. I mean, I think this past year, I think the last two years have probably been one of their best with, uh, what was it? Gunther and, uh, Logan Cooley. Right. I forgot um, they got Logan Cooley. Yeah. Logan Cooley. Uh, he should be really fun to watch too. I mean, just what he's doing with, with the, with the U S there in the world juniors and how he's played. I mean, they're getting better. Um, I feel like there was a, there was a time there, maybe a good five, seven years that they were just all swing and miss. You know, there was just a lot of, there just wasn't a lot there. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I truly believe they've turned it around these past two or three years and it's the perfect time to do it, you know, just with everything that's going on with them and everything. So, I mean, I hope it works out. Like you said, they got to be smart. You know, <laughs> we pray that Bill Armstrong knows what he's doing so he can kind of get this, get this going a little quicker.
0: Well, that's the other thing. Do you think it is Bill Armstrong? Cause there's different GMs for different situations, right? Like is mm-hmm. he the guy that's going to put this team back together or is he the one that was supposed to coach it into the toilet or, hmm. you know, manage it into the toilet?
1: Yeah. Um, that's, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I mean, with what he's doing now, you kind of hope he's 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 here to kind of build for the future and what's next. But I guess we'll what's, have to see. What's his contract right now? Can I see that? Does it say? It's another thing with the Coyotes is their whole their GM situation it was messy for a while yeah. too. Yeah,
2: it's a tough thing to be in the middle of the pack too. Like the Leafs are like that forever. They're always drafting between you know fifteen,
1: 18 yeah,
2: twenty. Mm-hmm. So when you're stuck in that rut, like you're not getting that top end player, and it's yeah, you know, it's so hard to build like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I want to see how long they have Bill Armstrong signed for. If this is like signed a five year deal in 2020, so they are looking like they're uh, they're doubling down on him. So mm-hmm. maybe he isn't uh, just the guy to lead them down.
1: Okay. I'm interested in the coaching situation.
0: Yeah you yes. know if this mm-hmm. if
1: they if they believe this is the guy I mean he seems to have you know he seems to have a good relationship with the players the younger guys so I mean that's a good that is a good sign and they they seem to play better under him than other coaches so far and I don't know we'll see I guess
0: where did Andre Torini come from I'm not, I don't recognize this guy
1: you know I didn't even know who he was until the coyotes hired him <laughs> oh
0: cool no, okay so <laughs> great i'm not just uh lost on that one Nah. <laughs> okay um so we've got a question from the game here i should get to or probably a couple at this point i haven't come back okay uh in your mind slash opinion what was the biggest disappointment slash downfall to tonight's game so gotta rewind back to the game what was the biggest downfall i mean i don't think how much do you blame Matt Murray, I guess, for these six goals? I mean, not the the last two were empty nets, but yeah, like so four, four. <laughs> mm-hmm. How many do we put on him? Like he was screened a bit. Like that first one, he was you know had no defense, but could he have had it? I don't know.
2: I I don't blame too too much blame on. I thought the defenseman kind of let him down, especially on that first one. Like it was a nice goal. Just can't take anything away from that. Could he have made one or two saves that could have kept him in the game? Yeah, but to place this loss on him, I exactly. it's not right at all.
0: No, so like I was saying before, I think the defense was just finding their legs again, and uh, a couple screened shots, that one was tough on him. Uh, so biggest downfall, I think, was just that. Was the toughest thing, biggest disappointment. The PP was good. The PK was good. They kind of kept Arizona to zero shots in that first period on the power yeah. play. So <laughs> Mitch Martyr even had that shorthanded chance. Mm-hmm.
1: And go. I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I am always a defender of the goalie. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does, I am always on the goalie side. But I, I have to defend uh, John Gibson most nights, so it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, we had Leafs Nation trying to get him last year, so.
2: Oh, he's yeah. got a hard job, man.
1: <laughs> he does.
0: <laughs> so um, this is from Mike the Fanatic. Another. Ju- 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 ju. Hear me out. Play Morgan Riley at left wing when he gets back. I'm serious. So this is, he pulled up a tweet from uh, November 30th. What do you think about trying Riley out on uh, left <laughs> wing and throw Martyr back on D?
2: We're going back to this again. I don't do know. I mean, I mean, kind of work. It's a different look. You could put someone like Timmins on the right wing too, who is a natural right winger. I mean, right defenseman.
0: Actually, run it point. on the power play once. Like You're running yeah. five forwards on the power play. Try running it with, you know, you have a defenseman out there, but he's playing on the left wing.
2: Yeah. I mean, Keith's been giving us a lot of different looks this year. So if it's something else we want to try, we're in a good position right now in the standings to be trying this type of stuff. So play a little jazz. Why not?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Riley on the wing would be a lot of fun, I feel like. <laughs> Some yeah, days like it a Brent, feels like he plays wing. Like a Brent Burns situation going on over here? <laughs> Yeah man. Or uh Bufflin. Bufflin, but, yeah. So Marner, he's he's has, has he had him on defense like just in practice? Like what what it, is it? So it was a bit
0: in practice. They talked about they were gonna do it, and then I think we've seen just really the five forward power play. And I think that's okay. kind of what, what we talked about preseason was we're not gonna see him actually go out five on five and play defense. <laughs> yeah. like it was it yeah. was can he play that that back end and and you know bring something different because he is a really defensive forward like he can still control the blue line while you know offering up some plays so yeah. i don't know they try it out it i mean I'm if still it not puts like d
2: langer Tavares matthews warner and riley on the ice at the same time that's mm-hmm. that's a fucking pretty good pp yeah. What's funny,
0: the, the Bali Sports uh, feed, I was watching it for the first period. They were like, uh, you know, they got five forwards on the first power play because everybody wants to play with Austin Matthews. And then they <laughs> put PP2 out and they Sport. He goes, oh, well, I guess you don't want to play with Austin Matthews. This <laughs> would be on the second power play. <laughs> oh, boy. Y'all. So, um, fun question here from Discord. This is our last one from Lucas out in Australia. What is your New Year's resolution, Leaf or personal? and chris this can be for either the uh the ducks or the coyotes
1: okay
0: so we can start with you what's what's the new year's resolution for uh we'll do it for you for the teams here and then uh, we can do personal ones after
1: if you want i'll go uh let's see the ducks uh we talked about this on the late arrivals uh just the other day have more fun (laughs) because uh they look They've been looking pretty down. Like, That's no not a happy bunch. No, it's definitely not. They they look pretty down all the time. And it's nice that they actually, you know, they seem like a, a pretty tight group and they have a lot of fun off the ice. But, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, we, we talked about it before the season started that there's going to be a lot of Ducks games that are probably going to be like 6-4 losses, 6-2, 7-4, you know, just crazy stuff because our defense is horrible. Um, So we kind of knew what we were getting into. But at the same time, like, I don't care if they're losing this year because I understand the situation. But you want them to kind of look alive still. (laughs) You know, you don't. I hate when they skate out there and it's like they didn't even show up. I mean, we already know you're a bad team. We don't want to see you like not shoot the puck at all. You know what I mean? Like, so hopefully Do you feel they like can... they
0: could use some uh, some sunshine and Sunny Milano?
1: Oh my God! Don't even get me started on Sunny <laughs> Milano. Dude. I miss him so much. I bet. Um, he was fun, and that's yeah. yeah he was
2: a group missing. So, like when they played the Leafs, like they just like, oh so beat up. Like it yeah. was such a, yeah. a broken down team. Yeah, and like they got a lot of good pieces, and I think they got a bright future, especially if uh, you know you draft a guy named Connor Bedard next year.
1: Yeah, possibly. But the you know the Blackhawks are Blackhawks and Blue Jackets are trying to steal that away from us. God they're um, awful. <laughs> no but fair. yeah, I mean A like I, I said throw. more more fun have have some more fun and just play out the rest of the season and hopefully no injuries and stuff and hopefully we see more from uh Terry and Zegris, Uh cuz they've been killing it. They're like top 2, top 3 in just about every offensive category, I feel like on the Ducks. Yeah. Um for the Coyotes, man, I don't even know. Um I think they need to make the playoffs this year so we can have playoff hockey in the mullet and just <laughs> just drive everyone insane. Oh, my um, Lord. <laughs> uh, this would be the year that they'd make the Stanley Cup run, too.
0: My New Year's resolution for them is to actually pull the trigger on the chicken trade and yeah. and get the two firsts of the prospect. Like Someone's going to pay them for it. I think it's going to happen finally especially with him back and playing that's the biggest change since this conversation started you know what seems like two years ago now yeah at least like he, he's back and playing and playing well so if that happens I think you know that that's the New Year's resolution just pull pull the trigger on it finally get it done yeah so sadly what about you New Year's resolution for the Leafs <sighs>
2: I think Toronto, our fans anyway, we have like this collective mindset of let's fast forward the regular season because only playoffs matter, right? (laughs) All that matters, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Let's sit back and actually enjoy the moment a little bit. Like we got a great team. We've had a terrible team for the past however many years before Matthews came. So let's enjoy these regular season victories a little bit more than we actually do.
0: Yeah, honestly, I, and even try to take away, like I was attempting at the beginning here, take away some good things from the bad games. Like, you know, we've exactly. been wanting to see more from Kerfoot. We've been trying to find something for the left wing, and Croak seems like it's working. Timmons is still producing points, like, since he's come into the lineup. Like, we Yeah, saw tonight's Brydon a perfect Hunt example out. of
2: that. Like, we lost the game, but, you know, the is not falling. It's not call out to trade Nylander <laughs> tomorrow or not Shady marker oh, no, Let's give that shit up a little bit and collectively take a breath.
0: No, I like that. I like that. Um, I think the New Year's resolution that I would have is uh, please stay healthy. Just stay healthy. Yeah. Too many injuries. Uh, they added, <clears throat> who is it? Robertson and Mete to LTIR and it mm. uh, seems like Sandines coming back next game and I don't know.
2: In the next week or so, I think.
0: So who do you think he's uh, he's going to replace?
2: That's a tough one right now. Um, <laughs> with the way Timmons is playing, you don't think they're going to take him out of the lineup. Right. Like Hall, they, they never want to seem to take him out, which That's might what I mean. be an obvious candidate.
0: It's one of those, we know they're not going to take Justin Hall out, but how do you take Connor Timmons out? So I'm interested to see how that one... Uh,
2: you can't, because Timmons is end up playing him. I don't know. You got Ben on rotation, too. He's obviously going to be an odd man out, but... I think you gotta give Paul some popcorn for a couple of games.
0: So Timmins is at um eight points. When he hits ten, I'm gonna get a ten buck pack of uh, Timbits. There you go. Man, I miss Timbits.
2: Get some beaver balls.
0: <laughs> oh the beaver balls. <laughs> did you hear about those, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was uh oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I was
1: up yeah. uh I was up. was up in Buffalo in um what was it no october end of october so made sure to get some tim bits then and hit up a couple savers games and it's a lot nice. of fun nice i have a tim beebs hat somewhere do you really
0: yeah <laughs> i got one where they were still in stock at tim hortons i was just like nice. at some random one um on the other end of ottawa like outskirts of town i'm like do you still have those by chance they're like yeah we have everything i'm like oh I get the hat. <laughs> people were talking about them going for like two hundred dollars i'm like they're still
2: in oh the my store for 20 God. bucks I remember me and Steph at the game we all went to last year. We went on like a midnight mission on some seedy spots in Toronto to go find some. Oh,
0: wow. the, the Tim Beebs. Yeah. That's that dedication,
1: man. It that was dedication.
0: <laughs> we were, yeah. We were at the game and we wanted to eat the Tim Beebs live on our, our post game Toronto oh, gotcha. show, but it didn't, it uh, didn't pan out, unfortunately. Nah. So um, anything we want to finish on here? Oh, Sidney Crosby was added to the inductees of the order of Canada, which is pretty cool.
1: That is really cool,
0: yeah. Yeah, Um, he
2: pretty much sealed that in 2012, I think.
0: Yeah. Other notable one, I saw Eugene Levy is being uh, promoted within the Order. Like, I said that he was being added, but then when I looked into it more, it said, like, he's already in, but they're raising him to, like, the highest honor of the Order of Canada. Protect (laughs) him at all costs. I guess a beauty. Okay, great. I love it. Eugene Levy is the best.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Shits Creek, all the Christopher Guest movies, just fantastic.
1: Shits <laughs> Creek is so
0: great.
2: <laughs> I was rewatching it this week; it's so good.
0: I gotta yeah. redo that one. I, I've only seen it the first time through, but I, my parents for Christmas last year got me this like big, like Schitt's Creek encyclopedia. It's got like all the breakdown of like the sets nice. and the characters. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. One thing that's wild about that is they planned out that uh, they wanted all of the characters to be able to be Halloween costumes. Oh, oh really they, they wanted their their outfits to be so recognizable they planned <laughs> it out that like if anybody wore these things you would be able to tell who they're trying to be. And I okay. think that's a really clever, clever way to to try to market a show. It's just it like, really is yeah. at least think about how you design your characters. Mm. I think it, it goes back to that rule about like the silhouette of like if you can for cartoons I think that like the silhouette is supposed to be recognizable on its own mm-hmm. like best example is who's that Pokemon <laughs> Yeah exactly so yeah anyway weird tangent but that's what you get sometimes here yeah shits creek shits creek baby
1: uh chris (laughs) anything you want to you want to plug here for the people well actually first i wanted to ask if you guys miss uh nick richie at all
0: man okay so back to the funny enough same same night same night back to when we were in toronto for a game where um so Andrew and I worked together, but we hadn't met in-person staff or other co-hosts yet. So the first time we met was at this game in mm-hmm. Toronto. And it was against um, Columbus, I think? Yeah. And it was when Nick Ritchie was on the Leaf. still. It was in December, and he hadn't scored yet. Mm-hmm. And we're like, he's going to score tonight. Watch. Just because we're here. And we had like <laughs> been making bets on the podcast about like if he did, we were going to do this and... I forget what they all were. It was something dyeing our hair and painting faces and things. But <laughs> of course, like the one game that we went to, he scores.
2: Wow! <laughs> I, like every Perfect. team that he's played on, I've always liked him as a player, except for Toronto. I found like he just he was not able to unlock what you know made him a pretty good player here, and it's been unfortunate because I like his game. He's a big guy; you can score goals. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of nice to see him doing all right in Arizona right now.
1: Yeah, he was a big letdown uh, in Anaheim, which is too bad. But
2: yeah,
0: I think what led to a lot of his downfall here was just that they tried to put him into that. They expected him to be the first-line left wing or second-line left wing there for those guys, and that wasn't really working. And mm-hmm. then when Michael Bunting did, they were like, all right, well, let's ship this one out instead of <laughs> trying to find something new for him. I think they yeah. kind of gave him one assignment, it didn't work, and they moved on, so... I don't know if they really gave him a full chance. but oh, I don't think they did at all. Honestly, I'm happy with what we got out of Labushkin last year. That was fun. He uh, was a nice surprise pair for Riley because, like, I mean, he needed a partner all year, and I never expected it to be somebody like uh, the, the bear.
2: Yeah, it was nice to have a defenseman who can hit too.
0: Right? You guys like the former Coyotes, huh? Man, Dubis loves taking coyotes and sue great. Maybe Chickman's next. <laughs> Who knows? I don't, God, I don't know, man. That. I'd rather them go for some other forward, but I don't know. I don't know where we're at. Or we you keep can, having this conversation and you can call you know, up look, uh, Kelly
1: has been great. So you can call up uh Pat Verbeek and get uh Springberg <laughs> or Shattenkirk off our hands. Fuck no, please. <laughs> uh, actually fantasy tip, I picked up
0: Kelly Arncroke who's been on a heater. He is in Yahoo, registered as a left, right, and center. So oh, uh, does he have like
2: seven points in his last four games? Something yeah. like
0: that? Yeah. I just it's picked like, him up because I'm like, I, got, I hope this doesn't end immediately, but I hope it doesn't <laughs> against Arizona either.
1: It's mm. like the best best pickups on fantasy is when the forward plays like all positions.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so nice. Yeah,
0: it's like him and Max Domi. So if he goes somewhere at the deadline, you know, there's potentially a big one because he's going to go to yeah, somebody big. He's definitely gone at the deadline. He's percent. I'd hope yeah. so, man. Uh, I mean, on that, what do you guys think about the uh, the Kane talks?
2: Ooh. I guess it's uh, Lafreniere being sat, too. There's, you mm-hmm. know, connect the dots right there. <laughs> cause Kane's obviously been rumored to go to one of the two oh. New York teams. That'd be pretty interesting. Although it's a bit early to start playing trade deadline, I think.
1: Yeah, but him on the Rangers would be absolutely sick. Yeah, it'd be bonkers. I, I enjoy watching the Rangers, and he would... Whew. That'd be dangerous. Yeah. Especially you know, better than better than been, yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially cause they've been like, I mean, we predicted them to be top of the Metro or at least second and, mm-hmm. and it's been a little bit of a slow start for them. So yeah. adding, adding Kane and just kind of unlocking all that for everybody would be great. And him and Panarin back together. Ooh. <laughs> uh,
1: for like deep down though, for me, I with where Kane is at like age and in his career, I kind of wish he'd go to Buffalo and like finish out his career at home, you know? Madden's yeah, Buffalo's playing players.
2: really good right now too. Yeah, I, I think mean, is Tage Thompson is
1: like yeah, Tage Thompson's like the best player in the entire world right now.
2: <laughs> Skinner is playing good again. <laughs> Tate Thompson. They McDade. scored six Ooh. goals
0: tonight, and he didn't get any of them. So how about that? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that, that was a weird one tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit so um i mean really there's not much we can beat on this it's an arizona loss and that seems to just always happen i think that's yeah. it for our, our uh our breakdown and chris thanks for joining us and chatting about hockey in the desert and all that yeah and-
1: thank you so much for having me uh you know you said you want to come out here for a coyotes game so maybe we can get a hold of the inside the rink guys here and send you out no. <laughs> we'll be- hey, I- i'd like to inside go inside the too. rink if you're I'll, listening
0: i'll run over to uh to arizona <laughs> i can get myself if i get myself down there get me in the game yeah <laughs> cool uh so where can where can everybody here find you who's not familiar
1: uh yeah if uh you kind of want to hear a, i don't know how how interested leafs fans are in the ducks but uh we talk a lot about trevor zegras and if you like zegras you know, we, we, uh, over at late arrivals podcast, you can check us out there. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at late arrivals pod. Come check us out. We have a lot of fun where we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just, we've, we've been told by other ducks podcasts that we are literally like, if you went to a sports bar and just <laughs> sat there and talked about hockey with your friends, like we just, we go off the rails sometimes on different things. And I know we've Love been, it. we've been told that we don't, <laughs> we have a hard time staying on one topic, but I mean, <laughs> Our, our our guy Lou on the podcast just always has to say something weird and it gets us off on a whole thing. So, um, but yeah, if you want to check us out, you know we're on Spotify and Apple and all that. You can check out our Twitch. We go live uh, every episode. We're live on Twitch. Um, it'd be hard for you guys on the East Coast to to tune into that just because we usually go go on at like eight thirty Pacific time. Um, but the next day it's always up on Spotify and Apple. So. That's late arrivals pod. Check us out. Leave us a rating and review and maybe you'll stick around. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe uh, you listen once and we'll keep you. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got a, a discord that's got more than just leaf fans in it. Now we've yep. got Leaf fans from all over the world that just love the game. So, I mean, nice. people are always looking for uh, for new stuff to listen to. And it sounds like a great show. I, uh, I'm going to yeah. start checking it out because this has been fun and it sounds like a great one. So yeah,
2: yeah. thanks so much sure. for hopping on.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Andrew, anything you want to close us with here? Is there anything no, I, I we, talking about?
2: I think we pretty much touched on everything that needs to be touched on right now. We're <laughs> all full of turkey and tired of holiday cheer, so let's bring in this new year and get to 2023 going here.
0: Oh yeah, buddy, let's do it. Is my outro going to work? It's not, so we'll call it there.
2: Bye! <laughs> See you guys.
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts,
2: Audible, and more.